an awesome God, is He not? A powerful God. I believe on the front of the pulpit it says, Jesus is the blessed hope. In these last days, God is emphatically letting the world know that. He is the only hope. Jesus is and always will be and always has been the only blessed hope. And the Lord has placed this church here at this time, at this hour, to proclaim that purpose. Not for you to hide. Not for you to find some cave and dried bananas and weather it out. Not for you to become an ostrich Christian and stick your head in the sand. But to emphatically let them know where their hope lies. And it's in Christ. The Lord has opened up to me an opportunity and has placed me in meetings. First, I wasn't sure and felt like a fish out of the water and thought, ah, I'm not. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with God. I sat in a meeting recently and it was disclosed in this meeting that one of our city officials made this statement about society, thinking about Zanesville, Muskegon County, maybe the nation, the entire world, I don't know. He looked around and he said, there's no hope. He said, I believe as a society we have crossed the line. This is a time, a wonderful time for the church to rise up and proclaim the hope that is in the Word of God. Not a time to go, what? He said, what? Oh my, oh, come on. Gosh, this is a time for you to rise up and to be what God has called you to be. A man of God and a woman of God in the midst of the storm. Opening text is found in Psalms 107.27. And in this official's own sight, own ability and education and the people around him, he swears he's right. And you know what? He is. With man, there's no hope. There's no committee. There's no new board meeting that needs to come and going to drop these plans that's going to solve society's problems. No, sir. But we do know the problem solver. It is in you, and it's time you start sharing it. It's high time. Psalms 107.27 says this. This is those who without Christ, without hope, they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. They are at their wit's end. Their wit's end. Our very own officials in this town, in this city, are proclaiming there's no hope. Morality and justice and society, there's no hope. We've crossed the line. Really? To and fro like staggered drunks at their wits end. At their wits end. Brian Hayes, will you take us before the Lord? The Bible again says they are at their wits end. Wits end. Now listen to that word wits. At their wits end. At the end of their wits, meaning 
Wisdom. It also means wisdom. They have no wisdom left. They've used it all up. It also means skill in war or strategy. Now listen, our nation is in war right now. We're in like a, a third country type war and we're still at it ten years later. You think this nation is superpower to just go in there and clean up within a month and be back home? Ten years now, we're still in it. It's because when you turn your back on God, you lose the ability to accomplish that which you accomplished before and you thought was in your own strength. God says, this is my doing. So they're at their wit's end. They're running out of wisdom and their skill in making war. And they're running out of the wit's end, meaning in, in administration. They can't even figure things out. And wisdom and moral and religious affairs. They're at their wit's end. They don't even know what to do anymore. So out of that, I received a call months ago to come to a meeting monthly. Monthly. To come to a meeting monthly. I was surprised and, and shocked and, and thought, this, no way, this just can't, can't happen. And just last week, I told him, look, I'm here for the one person asked me to speak. And I said, all right, I'm here for this. I'm not here to be politically correct. I told him I'm here to be biblically correct. And at that moment, I thought I'd be shown the door. But I was not. I was not. Now listen, they're at their wit's end. They're looking for help. They're looking for help like never before. And you know the help. And without you, they'll run to the soothsayers. They'll run to the 900 numbers. They'll run to the crystal balls or whatever it is to try to find some type of help. Man, this could be the church's finest hour. If you'll do it. If you will rise up. Our officials are literally at their wit's end. Jeremiah 18.11 says this, now therefore go to, speak to the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, saying, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I frame evil against you and devise a device against you. Return ye now every one from his evil way and make your ways and your doings good. And they said, There is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices and we will every one do the imagination of his heart. New Living Translation, verse 12 says, But the people replied, Don't waste your breath! We will continue to live as we want to, stubbornly following our own evil desires. This is the kind of mindset that is spreading throughout our nation. This is the mindset that causes our officials to be at their wit's end and said, Oh my gosh, we've crossed the line! Judges 21-25 says, In those days, there was no king in Israel. America is reaping the fruits of turning their back on God. Saying, we don't want God. We don't want Him in our schools. We don't want Him in our government. We don't want Him in our graduation. We don't want Him at all out, out, out with Him. So Judges says, 21-25, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Man, and Christians are falling into this. They want to be their own high priest. Say what they think they can do. Set up their own kingdom and decide if they want to drink, do this party, act this way. They can't because everything's okay. And so the world now is at their wit's end because they can't even find good God-fearing people. So they're at their wit's end. No king in Israel doing everything they want to do. Uh, 
This kind of morality is okay. Political society, spiritual chaos, all this nonsense going on, all this corruption and sex thing all through our own Congress. <clears throat> so they asked me some more and I told them one day when I was called maybe two years ago to jury duty. And they asked me, uh, or I, I told them that I, that for whatever reason, I was selected and had to go through, uh, I think our jury was to see if there was enough evidence against this person to send them to, uh, what's the next, uh, grand jury. Is that right? Whatever it is. And I was the one that had to swear them in. And I'm looking through the drawers where I was sitting by this. The guy says, what are you doing? I said, I'm looking for the Bible. And he says, oh, we don't use that anymore. I said, so you're asking this criminal standing before me to swear on his good name that he's going to tell me the truth. And he just went, yeah, that's what, well, that's what I told him in this meeting. I said, you don't even use the Bible anymore. In fact, here's the sad case. It doesn't matter even if they take that in that meeting and say, well, we're going to institute that right again. They'll put their hand on the Bible now and lie. Lie. And so you can see how our, our people are saying, man, there's just no hope. We've crossed the line. Proverbs 21.2 tells us this first part says, every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Don't bother me, man. I think this is okay. This is cool. Which is why our city officials, all the legal situation is saying, man, we have crossed the line. But I believe God has placed me there and you in strategic places. Because they give me opportunity, I'm going to say, uh, uh, but wait a minute. This is the truth. I'm going to do it. If I only last another month or two and then get thrown out, so be it. So be it. But I'm, I'm going to speak up because I believe that's why God has me there. Do you understand? I'm going to speak up. I'm going to speak up. I'm one place in one meeting at one particular time. We could be in meetings or places or, or uh, I was going to say Big Bear, they don't even exist. Any Kroger's, wherever you are, and speak up! Say stuff that God has put in you all these years. This is why you're here. This is why you're here. To speak up. To speak what God has done for you and in you to share with others as they're going around going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You're to speak up. And I do. I want to tell them this. If they give me opportunity, Matthew 22, 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, Oh, you do err. When you make that statement, you do err, not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Oh, it looks bleak with man, and it is bleak with man. It is impossible with man. But you better check out God again. You better blow off the dust on that Bible and start looking in the pages of that Bible and you better see what I can do when all things say they can't be done. You do err. You do err not knowing the Scriptures. And they don't. You should be filled with the Scriptures. You should be able to declare the testimony of the power of God and what He's done. Well, I haven't seen Him done anything. Well, he saved your life, Lord. We always jump up and down with that song when it's played. Matthew 19, 26 says, Jesus beheld them and said, let me tell you something. With Ben, this is impossible. With you, it's impossible. You're not going to make a dent in society. You're not going to make a dent in their, in their immorality. You're not going to make a dent in them. But with me, it's absolutely possible. Absolutely 
possible. Everything that man has band-aid together throughout the years, and you kind of wonder, how's this thing still floating? All those band-aids are like after a shower and you have one on you. After a while, they're about ready to fall off. Society is about to ready to spin off into chaos. Jeremiah 32, 17, And the Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power, and you stretched out arm. There is nothing too hard for thee. Nothing. That's what I'm going to tell them. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tell them this stuff. We've already told them. We've already told them, look, you were, you were, we were to meet at this meeting. We were supposed to pray for the first half hour. Now it's just an opening prayer. I get an opportunity next meeting. I'm, I'm going to be polite and kind. Go, Listen, if we don't pray, we're sunk. Forget it. What's this meeting stuff we got? We got to cry out to God and humble ourselves and get a hold of Almighty God. I have said this privately to this person. Privately, I'm going to say it openly. Keep waiting to get booting out. And it's just going, it's right. It's right. We got to do that. And so God has these people in situations for the church to just move in and do its thing. To move in and do what you have been trained to do by the Spirit of Almighty God. You, you're all over the place, but the church for some reason has problems opening its mouth speaking about the things of God. You're never going to feel comfortable. That's why God has given you the comforter. Because what you do is uncomfortable. And he comes alongside, the paraclete alongside, and says, you'll be all right, you won't panic, I'll keep you up. And when your knees go, you'll go, it's all right, just speak it. Just say it. Not only that, even goes, don't even worry, I'll give you the words to speak. Jesus loves you. He'll do it. You don't have to do anything. Just be there. Just be a tool in the hand of Almighty God. This is perfect because our very own people are without hope. They're out. Look, we got all kind of examples to share in the Word of God. Matthew 5, Mark 5.25 tells this. Tell them these stories. But tell them like you believe them. A certain woman, woman which had an issue of blood 12 years. 12 years. Listen to this. And suffered many things for 12 years, day after day. Man, if I'm in pain an evening with an earache or a toothache, what a horrible night of three, four, six, eight, etc. Earache thumping. Oh, what a night. 12 years suffered many things of many physicians, spent all that she had, and was nothing better but even grew worse. Suffering, now totally broke, probably dying, and now without hope, 12 years. 12 years. And these guys who spoke this stuff need to be told. And it says that when Jesus heard came in the press behind, when she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind, touched his garment. Now listen, here's this lady, 12 years, issue of blood, no hope, broke, no physicians, nothing what to do, I guess I'm going to die, no hope. And all of a sudden, someone spoke, and she heard, what, who, Jesus. Maybe 15 years ago, her neighbor witnessed to him, said, oh, don't tell me that stuff, we're all hypocrites, they just want your money. And they find themselves in some long, grueling trial, and all of a sudden they listen better and hear better. Speak when she heard that Jesus was coming. 
Verse 29 says, And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. You leave that stuff up to God. You're not the healer, but you tell them of the healing. You tell them, take those opportunities. Remember, we held that sign up forever, forever, forever. What did it say? It's a good sign, but bad one. Good sign, but wrong sign. I heard it. Risk. What did that word spell? Faith. That's how we spell faith. Take a risk. Say something to somebody about the things of God. Have God anoint your eyes and you'll see this. If I sit in these meetings and just go, mm-hmm, uh-huh, oh my gosh, oh by golly, oh, I don't know what we're going to do. I think God will just boot me out of that meeting as far as He could and tap someone else that will speak on His behalf. That's what He does. God uses us for every reason. I don't know why, but He does. Speak. People are without hope. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. I don't have any plans. I don't have any education. I don't have any blueprints for them in the next meeting. Nothing whatsoever. I go to them. I pray, God, if you give me an opportunity to speak, if you want me to say something, let me share Scripture, whatever it is. I'll just sit there then. Whatever, God. It says whose hope the Lord is. Hope is a word means also means trust. It means confidence. It means a refuge. It means security. And he's saying, we have no security. We have no refuge. We have no confidence in what we're doing. You say, let me tell you about somebody. Let me tell you about who calls himself the blessed hope. You must speak. It's a perfect opportunity for you to speak out the Word of God. And so it goes on and says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river. Look at this. And shall not see when he comes. Everybody else will be going, oh, a horrible economy. Oh, terrible economy. And God will just be blessing you through it. You're just walking. I'm not talking about filthy. Just walking. Needs being met, taken through. Because God says, I'll do that for you if your trust and security and confidence is in me. If it's in your IRA or whatever them things, God, God's just going to go. <gasps> because He's emphatically saying, listen to me, I am your only hope. I am. And He's taken away the hope of our um, superior military and our officials. Uh, we can't even go there, right? We get attitude, we'll fall into sin. We start thinking about the officials because they're so messed up. Rap sheets this long and you read them and it's talking about our congressmen. God says you won't even see the heat. But her leaf shall be green. She shall not be careful in the years of drought. Not be careful. Meaning, man, you, here, here. Here's some money. Take, not be, oh, God, just, this is just for, no, you're, you just give. Jeremiah 17, 5 says this. Listen now. Because you've got to make this choice too. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. Now an election comes up, I'm going to vote. I'm going to do my very best. Okay? Remember I told you a long time ago, it takes 45 square miles to turn an aircraft carrier around. So I got my 
hand on the steering wheel that I believe God has me, and I got hard right all my life. So I will vote. But my trust is not in that. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not. But I will do what I can do. So he goes here and says, Thus saith the Lord, Cursed, not naughty or bad, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he shall be like a... He, this is like a shrub, is what this means. He shall be like a shrub in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh. He won't even see it when good cometh. But shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabit Who are you going to trust? I mean, seriously, who are you going to trust? The arm of flesh? Now, we are built that way, to trust arms of flesh. We are. That's why your, your freezer is full of meat in your house and your freezer in your garage is full of... God's changing my message. Who's got a cell phone on? All right. Look, this is a walk of faith. An absolute walk of faith. Faith. You understand it? You've got to get this. This is not something you're going to see and okay, I can believe. It's a walk of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It's a walk by faith. And so you speak by faith. You honor God's Word by faith. You speak up for God. Even in the midst of things that are faithless and hopeless. It's a walk of faith. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word hope means with joy and full confidence that God's going to do it. Not, um, I hope this works. That's how we use the word. But that's not what that means there. In the King James, it's a confidence. I know He's going to do it. I might not know how. I might not know when. But I know He's going to do it. And so you speak on behalf of Almighty God in the midst of these situations that you find yourself in. Luke 13.11 says, And behold, there is a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. I mean, we went 12, 18. We can go all the way to the grave. Lazarus! There's nothing impossible with God. Absolutely nothing. And the believer should be spouting that off. There's hope in God. Eighteen years. Bowed together and could no wise lift herself up. Bowed means to be stooped or to be completely overcome with no hope. You speak to that person. The words of life. You don't talk about the Reds. You don't talk about the poor Buckeyes. You don't talk about the market. You speak life, words of life into those people. When they hear, they go, really? You think God would do that for me? That's your job. If you don't do it, who's going to do it? Psalms 137. One says this, By the rivers of Babylon there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. We hanged our harps up in the willows in the midst thereof, for there they carried us away captive, required of us a song, 
that they wasted us, required of us mirth, saying, sing us one of those songs of Zion. This is what the enemy's doing. He's trying to rub our face in it. Psalms 55.5 says, Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. But when Jesus saw her, He called to her and said to her, Woman, woman, thou art loosed. And immediately she was loosed. It wasn't crack, crack, oh, I hope. Immediately she was loosed. Immediately no hope became hope. Because of the God we serve. And the one that you're supposed to be proclaiming just like that. It was turned around by the power of God. To God be the glory. Not some doctor, some man, some therapy, some whatever. God be the glory. Speak it. Speak the Word. No weapon. Speak the Word of God. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Oh, they'll be formed. And they'll be zero in on me. There'll be red dots on me. God says, don't believe. Have faith in me. No weapon fashioned in form just to take you out. No weapon. The church will not be defeated. The church is triumphant. God will sustain His church through thick or thin. Too bad we can't all just get in a shuttle and they shoot us up and we circle the earth and we just see this bluish type white ball floating in black. It's just hanging there. No strings, no super glue, no hooks. It's just there. Why is it there? God spoke it into existence. And so when God tells you when you're on that bluish sphere, white and blue, and He tells you as you walk through that little thing, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Can you not believe it? I mean, can you not believe it? Man, this is time. This is time. This is what we've been preaching for and waiting for all these years. No weapon. That means artillery. It means big guns. They're always going to look bigger and badder than us. And better. Goliath. David took out a lion. A lion and grabbed him by the hair of his chin. A lion. Go to the zoo. Go do that. Look at them things. They're like 600 pounds. And then the bear. One of those guys stand up. They tower over us. A simple, ordinary, puny, made from dust, sinner type man took them out. Because God decided to open up his toll chest and say, I got these two big mouths I'm going to take out. Let's take this little teeny, weeny, teenager ruddy-looking David to take them out. And they did it. He did it. Grabbed a... <laughs> Two days ago, I'm out on my porch. It's late at night. Uh, we have this bird feeder about this big. Fill it up one day. In the morning, it's empty. I'm like, what kind of birds do we have in this place? I mean, I'm getting an attitude that these birds are becoming a, a like a tax deduction. So I told Ruth, I was maybe the squirrels are doing it. She goes, no, watch. When that squirrel gets on, it's one of them ones his weight closes the hole and he can't get the seeds. I'm like, what's up with this? And so 
One day I just peeked and there it was. The raccoon. Now I didn't have a BB gun. That's all I have. And so I wanted to just ding them or something to let them know, look, dude, you're going to pay the price if you come here. Well, I'm out there in my jammies. Okay? So they're like this, you know, high water jammies. And bare feet. And <laughs> bare feet, and I'm on my porch. And I'm out there, and Chrissy heard me, and he's gone. And so I'm just, I'm like sitting there just waiting. You can come back, dude. I know you're going to come back. And then thoughts are entering my head. What if he comes that way? <laughs> and then my cat, Rusty. Rusty rolls the neighborhood. He was sitting over there. And he was looking. I thought, cool, Rusty's got my back. <laughs> it's the truth. This is the truth. I'm not making this up. And I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm waiting for the, And it's like eight minutes and it's like quarter after 12. I want to go to bed, but I want to get this guy's going to pay the price. And nothing's happening. And I look back and Rusty's gone. This is the truth. And I'm thinking, if I get charged, I'm in my bare feet. And so I'm walking backwards going for the door. And I'm, what I'm trying to make the point is I have no guts to take on a lion and a bear and a Goliath. No strength within me. And yet, when the Spirit of God comes on a man, he can grab a lion by the hair of his chin and take him out. And some big old Kodiak and take them out. Speak the Word of God. Start talking about the things of Almighty God. No weapon. It says in Deuteronomy 11.25, there shall no man be able to stand before you as you speak the Word of God. The Word of God has given me a foothold in a certain area right now. I don't know how long it will be. They might throw it out. But right now, it's the Word of God. Not buddies, not they know me from way back. We were pals, went to school together. Nothing! But the Word of God has been recognized. Solomon said, and he said, Lord God of Israel, listen, there's no God like Thee. That's what they need to hear. I don't care what you've been in. I don't care what you see. I don't care how hard you see. I don't care how much you've seen of it. I'm telling you about a God you haven't even seen. There's no God like Thee in heaven above or in earth beneath, that keepeth covenant and mercy with thy servants that walk before him with their heart. There's no God like thee. In this situation that you are overwhelmed with, if you give your heart to God and you give this job to God, he'll turn it around. That's what you should say. And I have testimony to that. Talking to another official over lunch, saying they were like $6 million in the red. Six million dollars in the red. Took it before God, laid it out before God, cried out to God. And the last he knew, God, God dropped plans in his mind. He set them in motion. And the last he knew, outside of anything unusual, the six million is now down to zero and is projected to be in the black for the next five years. And he told his whole board who did it. Oh yeah. In this town in this town. And I cautioned him. I said, oh, don't you ever go up and say, look at the Babylon that I built. I said, you'll be in the field eating grass. You give that glory to God and He'll take care of you. They throw you out. They throw you out. He said, that's what I'm going to do. That's awesome, is it not? That's the Word of God in action. <clears throat> 1 Kings 8.27 says, but 
Will God indeed dwell on the earth? It's a question. Will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heavens of the heavens cannot contain your God. The enemy has a way of trying to shrink your little God. Shrink them and shrink them and shrink them and put them in one of those little jack boxes or whatever they're called. Shrink them, put the door on them there. Now sing us one of those songs. And look who your God is. When you read the Word of God and you're in some kind of stupor, get up and read it out loud. So you hear it because faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. We have brickheads when it comes to faith and trust in God. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of the heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built. Yet have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant. You'll listen to me when I pray. And to this supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the crying to the prayer which thy servants pray before thee today, absolutely he will. That's why it's about the hardest thing you'd rather go to the dentist and have a root canal. Without whatever they numb you with, I forget. Then pray. Because your flesh loathes it. The enemy shakes if you ever get a hold of it. He's going, man, the heavens of the heavens cannot contain thee, yet you will listen to my supplication. People are losing hope all around us. And you are called to be a messenger of hope. You are. You're called. Tell them. Tell them and leave it to God. Luke 7.19 says this. And John the Baptist, calling unto two of his disciples, he said, come here, come here. Ask Jesus this question. Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? This is John the Baptist who said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. I'm not even worthy to... It's Him. Yet through circumstances and being thrown in jail and the threat of death and the pressure mounting on Him, He's going to His disciples. Is this really the Jesus? Or do we look for another? In His moment, and He's been in those, right? In His moment of fear and hopelessness creeping in, He says, go see. Go ask Him. Go ask Him. And so they run off to ask Him. And when the men were come unto him, they said, John the Baptist has sent us unto thee, saying, Art thou he that should come, or look we for another? And in that same hour he cured many of their infirmities and plagues and of evil spirits, and unto many that were blind he gave sight. Jesus answering said unto him, Go your way and tell him! Speak to him. That's what we're talking about. Go your way and tell them. Jesus answered unto them, Go your way, tell John what things you have seen, what things you've heard, and how that the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and to the poor the gospel is preached. Go tell them. Quit sitting here. And then going home and doing nothing. 
people are without hope. Without hope. I told these two guys off to the side as they were talking about the restoration tapes I showed you. Jeez, has to be eight, nine. I bet there's people in here don't even know them. Where God transformed countries. Where they, I even said to this to this guy, do you remember when that guy pulled the carrot up? I'm, I'm going to stop it. Who remembers the carrot? Look, look how many don't even know? This place was barren. Suicide was high. Booze was high. Godlessness was high. Everything. And there was one little pastor crying out to God, crying out to God for revival. Revival hit. Jails were closed. Power of God came. And they had a carrot that was from here to here. A carrot. The forearm of the guy pulled. God just blessed the land. The fish returned. Abundance of God. And so he was bringing up that restoration. And I said, I said, it's true. I said, but do you remember how this restoration was watered? And the one guy knew and the other guy didn't. Because they killed the pastor. He was speaking against the crime, speaking against this, and they shot him dead. And his blood watered the ground. Revival broke. So I told these upper-ups, I said, it might cost you your job. It might cost me my life. Are you willing? And they both said yes. It's time. It's time to let them know how great our God is. It's time. It's time to speak. Stop being tripped up by stupid things in your life that keep you from serving God. Stop it. Stop. Stop fretting and worrying and chewing your nails down to nothing because this and that. Stop it. Just sell to God. Start speaking how great He is and let God take care of the rest. Your leaf will not wither. Do you believe those where she went to the barrel of meal? Maybe it be the milk. It never empties. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Let's stand. Now we're going to do something different, but we can get rid of some of these lights. I have lights bother me sometimes. We're going to sing a song. <clears throat> and I, I don't want the band up. Rod, Rod take, I want you to get in and worship and Rod. And let God speak to you and all you band members. You're free to come down here and stand when we get to going. But I want this song not to be just a song. I want this now to start getting in you and you start proclaiming how great my God is. You look for an avenue, some little avenue, somehow to be able to speak the things of God to people. When it comes up, if it doesn't come up, don't do anything. Just relax. Just let God be God. And when you're in these situations, in fact, in these meetings, they asked me, Does this person go to your church or no? And this meeting it was a big meeting like this. Well, people all over the place. And they go, whose church is this person in? And I went, they were talking about one of you folks. Not bad. Talking about, oh, this, is, this could be perfect. Plug into there. Plug into that. Plug into this. 
How great is your God. Now, as you sing, you might not move. But if you move, as you make your way down here, just stand and sing to God. How great my God is. Listen, he said with his own mouth, there's no hope. Wouldn't you love to be able to bump into that person and just talk to him? Say, let me, let me, let me tell you something. Listen, listen, listen to this. I sat in this church with one of the upper people who came on a no church day, sat back there and read the word to him. Listen to what this says. I think it was Hezekiah. I read, look, we don't know what to do. That's I said, that's where we're at. We don't know what to do, but Hezekiah says, but our eyes are upon you. I said, that's what we got to get back to. God gave that up. What am I going to sit there and say, can you get my son a job? Speak. How great. Let's sing that. Let's play that song. We've got some help here, right, to our blessed YouTube band.